Oder wollten Parsches Neue, ein Parsches Lechtebu, also wollten Hartz V. Talle Eures bringt auf eine Hartz V. Ich bin an der Pusik, alle Kalle Ures von Echo, die Pure Nume Olai, immer Smolai, Mino, wenn man im Inwas Milo, ja? Aber um, Ovini ist telling Leute, that if you go right, I go left, if you go left, I go right. Let's just separate ways. So, the Bakan, that this is obviously the condition, the Setrachre, the person with the Yatsahara, Avram and Lloyd is representing a person with his own Yatsahara. So he explains it to me, that's the Pusik. Put it in my line, you go away from me. Ima smoil, if you're going to show me your true colors, that you're the smoil, you're, you're, here, you're here against me. That was I mean, I go my way, and we separate it, and we're good to go. However, if in my you're going to make believe you're my friend, you're going to make believe you're here to help me. I'm going to show your true colors. I'm going to show that you're really here against me. If you're going to show me you're against me, then I'm okay and I just go my way. But if you're going to make believe you're here to help me, which is what the Yatsahara does a lot of times, he comes by Arma, he comes by Mirma, and he tries to make believe that he's helping a person, then I'm going to have to be Megalopunam, that really all you are, all you are is really somebody who's here to stare me, and, and I'm going to make sure that, that, that it's, not, it's no secret that you're my sign. It's a very interesting Yisoyed, because so often a person doesn't even realize where the Yatsahara is really uh, working against them, and that's something that's so important to make sure that it's no secret. Right? It's no secret. Because the Yitzhara very often doesn't just come and tell the person to do an Avaira, he may turn it to a mitzvah, it's a vayah, you start from Hashem Now, very often, okay, you're dealing with the Yitzhara, okay, you're dealing with somebody who's making believe he's your friend, and really he's not, he's not, he really is your enemy. And that's why it's very important to actually know who your enemy is. Right? If you're dealing with an enemy and you don't even know it, it's a problem, so you've got to make sure you know it. Unfortunately, when it comes to other relationships, people do the exact opposite. And I see this so often, and Mamish bothers me, just this week I was busy this past week with, with, with Ingaman, and I, I, hear it, I hear it very often, but it's like, once again, just hit me. You can have sometimes a spouse who's coming up with a whole list of complaints, and the bottom line of all the complaints, or the common denominator of all the complaints is, you hate me. You hate me. You don't, you, you don't love me, you don't care for me. If you would care for me, then you would do this, and if you would care for me, you would do that. And, if you don't, and, and I, see you don't, so I see you don't really care for me, you don't care what I, you don't care what I do, you don't care how I feel, you don't have any feelings for me. Don't. And everything becomes into one big common denominator of, you're my enemy, you don't like me, you don't care for me. Now, if somebody would be in a relationship and tell somebody, no, I'm sure you really do care for me, which is always a nice way to say things anyway, even if it's not true, but I'm sure you care for me, I'm sure you love me. I notice all the things you do for me, so I'm pretty convinced that you really do care a lot for me, and it really bothers me why you forgot that thing. Why does it bother me? It bothers me because I wanted that to happen, and it didn't happen, and it meant a lot to me, and it didn't happen, so it bothers me, so I'm telling you it bothers me. But if everything I stand off with, it bothers me that it didn't happen, and now I see that you really don't care for me. I thought you would do this for me, but I guess you don't love me. Or, I wanted this to happen, and I see you didn't take care of it, you must care for someone else more than me. That's where you're going wrong. Not only are you going wrong because it's not nice to say it, not only are you going wrong because it's hurtful, but it's so wrong. Sometimes you can be telling it to the person who cares for you most. Remember this. It bothers me when I hear it, and I'm often hearing it from the other side, right? You're hearing either a man or a woman, that's a hope, you know, it's not normal. I do whatever I could. When I don't do something, what do I get for it? You must hate me. And it's so wrong. It's so wrong. It's wrong for the, for the person who's perceiving it that way. Now, when somebody doesn't do something for you, immediately hates you, and you start interpreting it into a whole relationship issue. And it's even wronger when you're doing it to someone who actually cares for you probably more than anyone else. And you most often know it. The person who will do the most for you when they don't do something for you, you know, it's a big enough problem when somebody does for you 80% and there's a 20% that you harp on why it wasn't done. So it's a very big problem. Okay? It's even a bigger problem when you take the 20% and instead of just complaining about that, you turn it into a 100% complaint. In other words, not only was A, B, C not done, 
even though everything else was done. But not only was ABC not taken care of, but ABC shows me that from A to Z, you don't care about me. That everything went out the window. It's so wrong. So when I see a part like this, and when it comes to the Sahari's, make him believe he's your friend, make sure you show him that you know he's, he's your enemy, and if he doesn't show it to you, you're going to show it to him. Don't do that with somebody who loves you. Okay? Don't, don't do it with somebody who's in my amin. They try to show you the love. And Vasmila, you're busy showing how much they don't care for you. It's wrong, it's hurtful, and it breaks relationships. Because as much as somebody tries to answer back and say, you know, I, I forgot it. No, you wouldn't have forgot if you really loved me. And, and that's how you're learning, that's how you're interpreting the whole, the whole relationship. It's a, it's a big avla, it's a big problem, and it causes a lot of problems aside from that. So if you could be a little smarter, and even if you feel it, that somebody really doesn't care for you, and you're still smart enough to say it nicer, and say, I know you do care for me, because I know that the past six times I asked you, you did pick it up for me, but the fact that it wasn't picked up this time really bothered me, so please try to remember. Well, you might even feel stupid now, because, okay, so somebody forgot, right? But, but really, it's uh, so important to say it the right way. Okay, now, I'm going to start off with a question over here, and let's try to talk about it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that definitely relates to a lot of things we spoke about in the past, but I think it's still something that's worth discussing, right? I'm sure a lot of uh, shirim that we say that the overlap. Okay, thank you for your shirim on Torah anytime. I'm an avid listener and appreciate the fact that they are very down-to-earth down to and, and applicable. Okay, thank you. My husband and I are married for over a year. We've had some challenges right from the start and spent the first year just surviving. Now that we're trying to work things out, I feel like we sort of fell into the rut of routine. For example, we only talk about technical things that have to get taken care of, which totally doesn't bother me, but bothers my husband very much. He feels that he's not doing his duty of working on the relationship. But as I said before, I think it's just that in the beginning he didn't feel comfortable talking, so now it just became habit. If you could discuss this topic in your weekly share and advice, A, how to get past this, the routine, and B, how to calm my husband down that it's not a lack of effort from his part, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time, and may you be greatly rewarded for all you do for Kali Yisrael. Oh my. Okay, so basically, from what I understand, the question is, it seems that there were some difficulties in the beginning of the marriage, which, for those who don't know yet, is totally normal. Uh, we're working things out. Baruch Hashem, there are less difficulties, but we don't talk so much, just things that are technical, like, you know, I have to take care of this, I have to take care of that, okay, so we're communicating. And the questioner, this woman is writing, um, I don't really mind that it's like that, okay, uh, but my husband does, and it bothers him. He's self-critical. He thinks that, you know, he's not working in the relationship. So it bothers me that he's bothered by what's going on. Right? So how do we get past the routine, if that's what we're really trying to accomplish? And how do I calm him down? Okay, very good question. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to different aspects of it. So let's, let's, let's try to just explain the thing we're talking here about relationships in general. There's something called routine, and there's something called technical. Okay? And sometimes we confuse the two. Sometimes it looks like whatever's routine... Um, is only technical or whatever's technical is only routine in other words when there's no excitement it's because we're just busy just you know being roommates but really it's two separate things and here's where some people make them make some mistakes some people are okay with a technical relationship that's okay all we talk is technical um, can you wake me up can you buy this for me you're passing the grocery pick it up for me and you got it okay very good can you do this do we have to take care of something okay what's the weather and when are we going to the share of it's all very technical some people are okay with that that's my relationship I'm fine then you have people who are not only not okay with technical, they're not even okay with routine. Yeah, we're, we're a good couple, we enjoy, we enjoy the, each other's company, and we get along, and uh, you know, we're connected, and we take care of each other, and, and express all, that, all the emotions that, you know, that, that we need to feel and everything. But there's no excitement. And sometimes what people are really looking for is 
just that excitement. There's something has to be exciting. Now, either, either it's coming from a mistake in what relationships really mean, or it's just coming from, well, in the beginning it was very exciting. Because we were new, and we got to know each other, and it was very gishmak in the beginning, like something exciting. And then slowly it became routine, and they don't like that anymore. So, what, what I'm trying to bring out is that there's, there's technical and there's routine. And there's something in the middle. In the middle is, in the middle is when people realize that it doesn't always have to be exciting. And life could be routine, and halavai, for a lot of people, it should be routine, without all the roller coasters and, and, and um, emotional upheavals uh, every once in a while, right? Not, excitement is, isn't always good. Now, certainly not the not good excitement, and even the good excitement, right? Vacations and simchas and things like that, they're good, and sometimes you need them. But if that's what you're living on, and you're jumping from excitement to excitement, I hear this from people. Right? Every time we come back from vacation, my spouse starts talking about the next one, and everything's just about when can we go again, and when can we afford it, and why can't we go anywhere, and why do we have to wait? If everything's about excitement, then very often you're just looking to distract yourself from real life, and that's the problem. So life could be routine. Life should be routine. You should get yourself into a healthy routine and enjoy the healthy routine. Okay? At the same time, when it's only technical, that's not routine. That, that means that there's, you might be lacking in relationship. Because when you're relating to someone, it doesn't just mean that you're um, tolerating each other's presence. It means that you're actually in a relationship and, you, and you're connected. So that's definitely something that that um, that I think needs to be balanced, right? Not simply technical could be a problem, and routine doesn't have to be a problem at all. Now, in terms of calming down your husband, let's first talk about that. Um, I, I don't think that you should be looking to calm him down for two reasons. I'll tell you why. And there's something that I think a lot of people could could use in different uh, areas. When somebody brings up a problem and you're busy calming him down what you might have done now is two things that could be um, wrong or damaging even. One is, you might very well be trivializing his concern or problem. And this is something we see with children as well. Someone's bringing up a concern. It bothers me that we don't um, have a more exciting relationship. No, it's nothing. Don't worry, you're doing good. In other words, what you just said, or the problem you're bringing up, or the thing that you're obsessing over even, uh, it's really nothing. I don't think anyone likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear that what's bothering them is not important. Nobody likes to hear that they have, an, they have, an, uh, they have, a, they have a mistake about something and they would have wanted something else, and really it's nothing. So it bothers you. It's like this, ah, Nobody likes to hear that, first of all. Second of all, by calming someone down about something, very often you're basically confirming that this is how it's going to stay. So you don't like that it's, uh, that, that it's a mess. You don't like that things aren't organized. You don't, th- you don't like that we don't do things on time. It's okay, it's okay, it's not your fault, don't worry. Aside from not taking the person seriously, you're basically telling them that it's okay, this is how it's going to stay. And nobody likes to hear that either. So I, I would assume that by the time you ask me this question, you already tried to do that. And if it didn't work, I'm, I'm trying to explain why it may not have worked. Now, what happens? What do we do now? We're trying to make it a little more exciting relationship. And like I said, not exciting with anything flashy, but simply more meaningful. And here's also what, what, what some people do when they're trying to make a connection. Very often, very often, you have two people that are trying to connect, and for some reason it's not going, for whatever reason, it's not going. Either because they have different values or different ideas or different hobbies or different, different um, they're passionate about different things, and they just don't connect over something, or they have different personalities, for whatever reason it is, they're not connecting over something. Very often, one wants the other to come forward, right? In other words, either let's meet in the middle, or do things my way, or, you know, let's connect, I'm not feeling any connection. And that's always where people go wrong, when they want someone else to do something differently. Now, it could be the person you want to change. I say this often, just this week I was busy telling this to someone at length. Okay? When you want the other person to change, you're already off track, regardless of how right or wrong that person is. It could be the person you want to change really does need to make a lot of big changes in life. It could be, you want that per- it could be the person who needs to change doesn't want to change. And, and, and you see exactly what has to be done and should be done to, you know, to better the situation. 
It's not the way to work on things. What could you do? Well, if you're not connected to someone, what could you do? Could you bring them over to you? Could you start explaining to them how much they should really be more flexible and more and, and doing things your way? Or maybe the other way around. Maybe there is a way to get that emotional connection. So the fact that your husband's complaining and you want to do something about it, and technically, well, he should be doing something about it, that's up to him. But if you're the one asking the question, then yeah, there are things you could do about it. There are things you could do to make a relationship more meaningful and more emotional. And like I said, that's really what relationship is about. It's not only about tolerating each other and being technical and saying, well, I'm fine with it. Saying you're fine with it, even that, that can even be hurtful sometimes, you know? When someone says, you know, we really don't have a relationship, you say, no, I'm okay with that. You're, you're okay with that? You mean you don't want to have a, a shaykh with me? Like, aside from not taking that person's concerns seriously, you're actually telling them, in other words, what they might be hearing is, I have friends, I have sisters, I have a telephone, I'm okay. I'll talk to you about technical things and we're good to go. Why are you complaining? And really what you're saying is, it's fine. I don't need to have that emotional connection with you. I don't need anything more than a technical relationship. That's also something that could be very hurtful. So, you know, what you could do sometimes is, from your end, first of all, express emotions. Now, talk about things more emotionally. In other words, don't wait for the other person to talk to you about such things. Talk to that person, you know, I did something today. Well, that's a pretty technical statement, right? And I felt very excited about it. It really made me feel good. Very often when I see these kind of things, it reminds me of something else that made me feel good, because really, I'm the type of person who likes these kind of things, and that's when I feel very good about myself. You just shared something, not technical. You were, you, now, it takes a little vulnerability to talk like that sometimes, especially with someone who you don't feel so open with. But when you do that, you're not just sharing a technical statement. I went, I came, you're expressing emotion. Now, sometimes it's not easy. Well, sometimes you want to ask an emotional question. How, how does this make you feel? And again, sometimes talking raw emotions or being too open is just uncomfortable. Well, you could be a little, a little smart, a little more creative. Okay? You could, you could um, mix it into a technical statement, like I said before, but throw it in there and be open. Share something about yourself. Or when you're giving a compliment to someone, instead of saying, you're a great guy. Okay. You could say something like, I'm very impressed with what you did. When I see you go learn by night, it really makes me proud. You know, we live in a development and, and the neighbors, you know, the neighbors are sitting around and I see you rushing to your chavrusa. You know, it really, it really does something to me. So again, that was an emotional compliment. You made someone feel good. You said something about yourself. You're the one expressing emotion and you're the one that are op that's opening new channels of communication that really could mean a lot to someone. You could also be sharing things that otherwise, you know, you didn't feel comfortable sharing. Whether it's topics or ideas that you want to talk about and somebody might, uh, you know, I'll share with someone who I feel more. No, I'll share it with you. I have a hobby, I have something I want to talk about. Or if you're even smarter than that, and you could actually show and express interest in something the other person's interested in. And this is something, I, again, just, just this week talking to someone about. Often you'll have this. Okay? You have somebody who, I like to talk about um, whatever it may be. Okay? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a coil, I like to talk about, I like to talk about I'm not talking about the Torah the I'm not sharing my wife in the Shach and Terezuov. But I, talk, I like to talk to my wife about uh, the a lot in coil, and, and, and how the coil works and what the Rosh coil expects and, and how it's running and what the future is and, and we had a meeting that's what I like to share she likes to talk about something totally different alright we're going shopping or whatever it is family things or whatever it is or one guy talks, likes to talk politics and news talking about things that you're allowed to talk about but you know I like, I like talking about the news and hearing what's going on and she's totally involved just in the kitchen the baking and the cooking we can't connect now often you'll see you'll see how people look at such things like Oh, there's a problem. It's a problem. We don't share common ground. What should we talk about? Or people actually wait. I think you should be more interested in what I have to say. Well, it's beautiful to think that somebody should be interested in what you have to say. But maybe the other way around. What do you mean? I should be interested in cooking and baking? I mean, come on. Okay, try anyway. 
Maybe ask her what she made. Maybe ask her if it's the first time she baked it. Maybe ask her who gave her the recipe. Maybe ask her if it's not something similar to what she once made somewhere. Maybe ask her if she ever made it for anyone else. You never know what that could do. You never know if that will actually bring about that somebody will be more interested in what you have to say. Maybe yeah, maybe no. Often yeah, sometimes no. But sometimes what we're looking for is for the other person to be more forthcoming or be okay with the stalemate and know there's really so much that you could come across with to make more communication relationships. So instead of calming your husband down and leaving it the way it is or telling him, well, if you want to do something about it, well, I think you should not do something about it, be the smart one to do something about it. And the Chachmas Nushim Bansabai said, often a woman is the one that could do things that, are, that, that help out. And I'll tell you another thing. If it's really a Chachmas Nushim, and again, this could also be a man who's applying the same information, but anyone who's smart and sees improvement and is doing something, if you're doing something good, there's a rule that everyone can use, if you're doing something good that's helping a relationship thrive and making progress, attribute the progress to your spouse. Even if you were the one that did it. You came home early. You were the one that initiated a vacation. You decided we're going to spend some more quality time. You, you came up with more topics to discuss. And things are geschmacker. Give the credit to someone else. You don't have to. You could say, look, you see, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing? Do the opposite. When you give someone else credit, making them feel good, they'll be more okay with it, and you'll be building and, 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 and promoting more of that good feeling. Like I said, you, you don't have to, but you could. And... Even if it's not right away the way you want, you talk about it and you show how good it is, not how good it could be or should be, or maybe we'll still get there one day. Talk about it. Make everyone feel good. And make everyone see the progress. And then, of course, you're doing, you're doing much better. So this is definitely something that, um, that could help. Now, again, there, there is such a thing as having a break in routine, like I said, and doing something more exciting. But, but it's not excitement versus routine as much as more, something more emotional and fulfilling. Very often, that's all people really need, a meaningful relationship with a healthy routine that could be so much. Now, I'll just mention another thing, and that's how often you see this, how one man's trash is another's treasure, and that's where sometimes people, I'm, I'm saying this to both, to everyone, okay? sometimes you, you look at things that are technical and routine, and you know, stale, nishbatamt, and just think about it, you know how many people wouldn't mind to have that calm relationship with no outbursts and nothing exciting and no upheaval like I said before? I'm not saying that you should appreciate when things are stale and boring, but think about it. There are definitely times when things are more ungezogen and overwhelming and imbatant and, and, and homes or situations that are definitely very disturbing. So sometimes just appreciating the peace and quiet, even if it's not so exciting and enjoyable, is also something that we could always work on and appreciate. So when I was myself, when we try to connect, and we understand what connection's about, and we're not okay with just accepting things the way they are, we want more, but we take that more upon ourselves and try to build the more by making someone else feel more connected and giving that person the credit for it, that's definitely something that could definitely build uh, a Yiddish Ashtib and definitely you know, have a long-lasting effect that could, that, could, that could bring a lot of meaningful and fulfilling feelings into any relationship.